You're listening to Song Exploder, where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made. I'm Rishikesh Hirway. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, home of the Name Your Price tool. You say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote. Visit Progressive.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is a sci-fi comedy independent film that came out in the spring of 2022. It's a huge hit that made over $100 million at the box office, and it's already been named the best movie of the year by a bunch of publications and awards organizations. The movie stars the legendary actress Michelle Yeoh, and it was directed by The Daniels, the directing duo of Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. The score for the film is by the band Sun Lux. And in addition to the score, Sun Lux also made an original song for the film's end credits. It's called This Is A Life, and it features two prestigious guest vocalists, David Byrne of The Talking Heads and Mitski. For this episode, I spoke to Ryan Lott from Sun Lux and The Daniels. Ryan tells the story of how the song was created, with his bandmates and Mitski and David Byrne and Daniels all adding to it and shaping it. This is Ryan Lott from Sun Lux. So Sun Lux is Rafik Batia, Ian Chang, and me. We were in New York doing a bunch of recording for what was going to be our next record. And our manager reached out and was like, hey, these guys at Daniels, they're interested in you guys scoring their next project. Hello, this is the voice of Daniel Kwan. And this is Daniel Scheinert. I don't sound that different. (laughs) (laughs) We had an initial call with Daniels and they pitched the idea to us. It didn't really make a lot of sense, but it sounded super fascinating. It's a sci-fi action adventure where a middle-aged woman gets taken on a journey across the multiverse, but she mostly gets freaked out about the lives she could have led and about the overwhelming number of options out there. And the whole movie is an adventure trying to engage with what it feels like to be alive today and to be overwhelmed. And how do you figure out how to love in the noise? So then after the call, they sent us the script and there was no way to anticipate what was on those pages. I thought my PDF was broken. I'm like, this page can't come after that page. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I like really thought it was broken or like something was weird. And I like checked in with the guys. I was like, yo, have you guys started to read this yet? Rafiq laughed his ass off. Like he he couldn't put it down, but like I didn't really get it at first. I couldn't keep up with it. By the time I made it through, I said to myself, would have been cool to make a movie with the Daniels. Too bad this movie is never going to get made. <laughs> you know, that was definitely my position. Nobody is going to make this movie. And really, it wasn't until they were like, guys, we got Michelle Yeoh. 
then it was like, wait, what? <laughs> so this movie's actually going to get made. <laughs> like, we're going to actually do this. All right, let's go. In the midst of it, we were staring down a cue sheet of over 100 cues, which is a really crazy amount of cues for a single film. There's an hour and 50 minutes of original music in the movie. And at some point, we knew it was time to start considering whether or not there was going to be a special song for the end credits. More often than not, what happens with an end credits is that a music editor can create a montage of music from the film, or it's a song from an artist, and sometimes it's an original song, but it's like it's never the composer gets to also write a song for the end credits, but we wanted to claim that space, this very precious moment following this crazy movie. Here's Daniel Kwan again. I was like, I want this to be sort of like the 90s end credit song that Celine Dion at the end of Titanic, but what is the Sunlux version of that? We gave him permission to be more emotional and more vulnerable and, and kind of turn it into like a pop ballad. And so we thought it would be really amazing to create a duet. It felt really consistent with the story of this film where there's a hard fought and hard won reconciliation between two individuals that are coming from very different perspectives. And that was kind of my concept for the song. What if it was a duet that felt like two very different voices, two different perspectives on the same song happening at the same time? I wasn't going to sing it. My voice just didn't feel like it was going to be right for the end credit song. And right around that time, Quan sent us his little Spotify like screenshot of like his top artists that year that he had been listening to. And I was like, oh, Mitski. Let's see if Mitski would be interested in singing this end credit song. So we got on Zoom with her and Daniels, and she was super into it. And then it was just like, man, it sure would be amazing to get David Byrne, you know, what if it was David Byrne and Mitski? That's so like not expected, but <laughs> that would be so amazing. <laughs> so we we reached out to David Byrne, you know. I think we heard back within like 24 hours. He must have like watched it that night. Maybe it was my excitement, but I had been imagining in my head like a party song. But when we got on that first call, David chimed in early and he was like, it needs to be a song that just lets you sit. It can't be fast. It can't be loud. can't be, you know, celebratory. It actually needs to be like a warm embrace and just give us space to resonate with this movie. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, he's 100% right. We always knew we wanted the very end of the movie to be that shot of Michelle and for there to be a, like a big hit, a big maximalist hit. This, is a life. this was a song that came so fast. I have a voice memo sitting at my synth. I'm just playing and singing. Not only what we saw. Not only what we 
There's a discovery that happens in the film that life is bigger than you could ever imagine. And so this is a life. That sentiment came out screaming at me right away. I had spent so many hours with this film, hundreds. Maybe that's why the lyrics came really fast to me, because it wasn't like I needed to spend time discovering the spirit of something that is emanating from it. It was like, I'm already in its glow. You know, I, I had been listening to a lot of Mitski, so I was like thinking in her range and in like some of her phrasing and stuff. Slow and sudden. So when I sent it over, I said, here's a file of just like a piano demo without my voice. So you can, if you want, you can write your own lyrics and your own melody, whatever. Because I, I mean, I wrote it for her, but that doesn't mean I got it all right. But she was super into just singing it how I wrote it. This is a life. Which was like a very big compliment. Free from destiny. That is the piano stem from the recording, which is basically a note-for-note replay following the voice memo. Because part of what made that initial voice memo special, right, is that it gives and takes and it feels kind of messy in the way that the movie does, frankly. And so in order to preserve the feeling of that one moment, I actually created a click track that speeds up and slows down where I sped up and slowed down. And this piano in the recording is one I designed virtually. Usually I like to accentuate the mechanics of the piano because I have such an affection for spending so much time in front of the instrument. You can hear the hammers and the key releases. So the half of it before David's part just kind of came fully formed. This is a light. But I left space in the vocal. Free from entropy. Because I really did want this sense of like two melodies having their own space to intersect and alternate, you know, and then David can just go to town. This is a Every possibility from destiny. I choose you and you choose me. It's a very specific task what David had to do, which is like, I can only sing here. And if I do, it has to be kind of on this note. Not only what we But pretty quickly, I think probably within a week or so, he came back with the demo and it was like, so great. Not only what we show.
My bandmates are my favorite musicians. Ian played to the craziest pocket because it's all built on me just sitting at the piano that one late night or whatever. It's not based on how a drummer would play, and yet he made it feel like completely natural. That's like a real intangible art. And then Rafiq played to Ian. That's layers of Rafiq's prepared guitar. He puts things like between the strings. He's got a great technique for creating a sort of papery muted sound. And then I took recordings of him doing these like little fluttery prepared guitar things. And then I created an instrument out of those recordings using a software sampler to play back little fragments of recordings at different speeds. When we first started working with them, we went to Ryan's house and he gave us a tour of some of his gear where he would take a sample, he'd pull it up in the software and he'd program it to his keyboard and he was demonstrating to us the ways that he can take a sound effect, then warp it and shift it and yeah. shrink it and grow it. He feels like an alchemist. It's really yeah. fun. We left and Dan was like, he's like a sound magician. And I remember that being the moment where I was like, I'm so excited to work with these guys. One of the things I love to do is work in the virtual realm because it means you can capture something about an instrument that is truly unique and truly beautiful and can only express itself acoustically, but then harness it to achieve something musically that wouldn't otherwise be possible. We call those trem blooms. They feel like these things that are like trembling but blooming at the same time. They are Rafiq playing acoustic guitar, strumming through a chord and then like doing like finger picking rustles combined with harps. And then the playback speed has been adjusted to create a sort of like crystalline array of feathery, like shards of light. Rob Moose on the strings. Rob has a really cool way to make pizzicato feel not like pizzicato. Like, it doesn't really sound like you're listening to violins and violas. And then when you add, if you play those and Rafiq's bass, that is just such a magic combination. The Daniels did have one note, and it was super important. If you listen to the early demos, I'm like, and then I immediately start singing. Their insight was like, let's just like, let's let the song slip in. And so what we did is basically take the pizzicato violin and violas and Rafiq's bass, just take a cycle. And it just lets us like slow our, our pace of our heart a bit. As they kept adding to it and adding to it, you could feel that it was very small and then allowed the space for it to become very big. And that to me is exciting because that's what the film is all about. It's about the smallest things and the biggest things. And then Mitski came up with this beautiful background vocal. She sings, sucked 
into a bagel, which has nothing to do with the song, but is a note for note quote of Stephanie Hsu's character in an iconic moment in the movie where instead of speaking her line, sucked into a bagel, she decided to sing it. It was just like a, a zany choice that she made on camera. If nothing matters, then all the pain and guilt you feel for making nothing of your life goes away. Sucked into a bagel. Mitski picked up on that and had the crazy, beautiful, amazing idea to sing those lyrics in this like apex of a song. And that to me was like a masterstroke. Because this was an end credit song, it had to be done, done, done when the film is mixed. So that was like summer of 21, right? But the movie didn't come out until March 11th, I think. It was the opening film at the South by Southwest Film Festival. And it was a big theater, you know, I think it was like a 1500 people, you know, watching this movie together, gasping, laughing, crying. And in the wake of that movie, as the credits came rolling and the song started playing, I was so relieved because for years I protected my heart from having too high hopes because I believed in it so much. And like the most heartbreaking thing would be if people didn't get this movie or if nobody saw it. But when we saw it together with all those people and felt the impact, I knew, I knew people were going to get this movie and I knew people were going to see it. And so I, yeah, I, I started to let myself celebrate. And now, here's This Is A Life by Sunlocks, featuring Mitski and David Byrne in its entirety.
For more on Sunlux and everything everywhere all at once, visit songexploder.net. You'll find links to buy or stream This Is A Life, and you can watch the trailer for the movie. You can also find Mitski's own episode of Song Exploder from a few years ago. From Wondery and Audible comes Class of 88, a new podcast hosted by Will Smith about the one game-changing year that sparked the world's obsession with rap and hip-hop. Before 1988, a lot of people didn't take hip-hop seriously. But hip-hop today touches everything from film to fashion to sports. So what changed? Will Smith will walk you through the historical moments and milestones from that year and reveal never-before-heard stories about legends like Public Enemy, salt and Peppa, and Queen Latifah. Follow Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. Song Exploder and the show's theme music were created by me. I produced this episode with Craig Ely, with artwork by Carlos Lerma, music clearance by Kathleen Smith, and production assistance from Mary Dolan. Song Exploder is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a network of independent, listener-supported, artist-owned podcasts. You can learn more about our shows at radiotopia.fm. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rishi Hirway, and you can follow the show at Song Exploder. You can also get a Song Exploder t-shirt at songexploder.net slash shirt. I'm Rishi K. Hirway. Thanks for listening. Radiotopia.
I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show from Radiotopia called The Recipe. It's hosted by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt and Deb Perlman. You might know Kenji from Serious Eats and all his incredible food wisdom. He's also the author of the cookbooks The Food Lab and The Walk, both of which are New York Times bestsellers. Deb is the creator of the extremely popular recipe website, Smitten Kitchen. She's a self-taught home cook and cookbook author. And on this new show, Deb and Kenji will do a deep dive into the techniques and ingredients behind some of the most popular go-to dishes. Look for the recipe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes start February 26th.